everyone stand as we open in worship we sing about the lion and the lamb sing along with us this morning he's coming on the clouds kings and kingdoms will bow down and every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise for who can stop the lord almighty our god is the lion the lion of judah he's roaring with power and fighting our battles every knee will bow For sin of the world, his blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, 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 oh. So open up the gates, make way before the king. Our God who came to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is alive, the Lion of Judah is roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, 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 oh. every knee will bow before him. Oh, 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 oh. Listen to this next part. Who can stop the Lord? stop the Lord Almighty? Yes, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Well, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. God breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Yes, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, yes, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Good morning, Sunset Hills Baptist Church. How are you doing this morning? Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? To worship the one true God, the only hope that we have. That's why we come together here as a community to remind ourselves of that and to give him the glory because only he is worthy of it. Amen. Amen. And if this is your first time here at Sunset Hills Baptist Church, if you are a guest, just walked in the doors this morning, we want to welcome you and say it's so good to have you here this morning with us. 
We'd love to get to know you more. And if, if you are so inclined, we'd love to talk to you. And on your way out this morning, we hope you'll stop at our welcome desk and our folks there will get to know you more and take care of you. And if you're here this morning and you are Sunset Hills Baptist Church, we are so thankful that you're here to worship the one true God. If you're here and you want to get in contact with us, we'd love to start that conversation with you. You can do that at the welcome desk or you can text. If you're a texter to uh, our church number, you can text the, the word hi. Not too hard to, for, not too hard to forget there. Uh, hi is the word that you text. All right, let's continue to worship the lion and the lamb. Together worthy, all together wonderful to 
cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree his body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone Oh praise the name of the Lord our God Oh praise His name forevermore for endless days we will sing
Lord, you're gonna look at us and say, depart from me, I never knew you. Or good and well done, my faithful servant. Lord, and I'm thankful this morning that you have laid the path out for me, for all of us, God, because you, I believe it is your desire, Lord, that we would all come to know you. So God, until that day, God, we're gonna work here on earth to try to bring as many people with us as we can. God, we can only do that through you. Lord, forgive us today where we fail you and our shortcomings, Lord. Lord, it's my desire on this mission field that you've given us that others would see your goodness and love in us so that God, when we get to the end of that time, that they too can say, hear you say, good and well done, my faithful servant, because they've said yes to you. Or to be with us during this time of spoken word. God, anoint pastors to these words, God, and let them encourage our hearts. Lord, we thank you that, God, if you call us to draw closer to you, and I, God, I feel like you are calling all of us to that, that, God, we'd be obedient and say yes. God, if there's one here that's never said yes to you for eternity, Lord, let today be their day. We love you. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated today. You look good this morning. Thank you. Thank you. You actually sounded good this morning. I was tempted just to, well, I I was tempted to uh, just, I just went, am I, yeah. Are we having gremlins this morning around everywhere? Is that the deal? I, I was tempted just to let, just keep on singing, right? How many of you all rather sing than hear me? No, let me not go there. I'm just curious. Uh, how many of you shop at Sam's? Let me, let me see hands. Uh, how about Costco? I, I, I don't ever go to Costco. so I, I, In fact, I think I may have been in there one time. I, I, I tend to shop at Sam's. But as, as you're shopping at Sam's, I, I'm just wondering... When you go in, do you look for the kiosk that's giving away the free food? Do you? How, how many would admit that? Say, yes, you would do that. Yeah, you cheap people you are. I, I, I have to say, I get sucked into that. In fact, uh, sometimes when I go during the week, they're not having those people in the kiosk around handing out food and they're sitting there empty. I, I get really sad about that, you know? Uh, it, it seems that whenever Lynn and I go to Sam's, uh, it, it's right around the time when I'm very hungry. I don't know if we plan that or if it just works out that way. So I'm really drawn to those stations because I'm hungry. In fact, when I go into the store, I actually look for them, and, and Lynn likes them too. Interesting enough, 
Whenever I go there, the enticement to buy more of the product they're pushing never seems to work with us. We just eat them. <laughs> we just eat their free food, and we don't ever buy any. I can't remember a, a single time that we uh, didn't kind of sneak some of their food or get some of their food, and we said, oh, that, sounds, that tastes so good. We think we'll take some with us. I don't think we ever did that. And it makes me feel kind of strange to eat their samples when there's little or no intent of actually buying their product, especially after Lynn pulls out the disguises and we go around the second time to get more. There's like a commercial about that or something. on. No, we don't do that, do we? <laughs> Lynn does. I'm like, no, Lynn, please, come on, you know. I like free samples. She's back there talking. I don't know what she's saying. It's best I don't know, probably. I'm at church. Oh, that's it. I, I, I really do like free samples. When my brothers and I were little kids, about the ages of our first three grandsons, actually six, four, and three, we used to ride with our dad uh, as he was a salesman. He, he had this truck. It was a refrigerated truck. And he would go around to different grocery stores. This was when he was a bivocational pastor. And, and he worked for a company by the name of Swiss Made. It was Swiss Made Salads. Anybody remember that, st that company used to be around for a long... I don't think they're in existence anymore. And we would ride with Dad because there was no such thing as daycare uh, back in those days for us. And... And if it was, mom and dad couldn't afford it anyway. So quite often we would ride in the truck with him as he would make the, the sales to the different stores. And really, as I kind of describe this, it's really a picture of the past that you would never see today. It'd be like dad in the driver's seat and, and there'd be three little kids just riding in the cab of that old truck. Two over here in this seat over here. And then the, the choice place to ride was actually between dad and the driver's seat and the door. Standing up next to him. We loved riding there. And, and there was just enough room between the seat and the door for, for our little skinny bodies that we could stand there. And the reason that we liked riding there was because we could hang out the window, which was in the summertime always open because the truck never had air conditioning, and we could just ride in the window and get air coming in. And so we would be riding around. I remember one time I was actually riding there, and these old trucks were not all that great, and the door actually came open while I was standing there, and I was on my way falling out the door, and Dad actually reached in and grabbed me and pulled me back in. I could, you may not have had a pastor today if it, had been, if it hadn't been for my dad saving me. It's true. But we loved riding there, and when we would get to the store... Quite often, we would all just kind of go in with Dad, depending on the store. I remember the big Kroger on Charlotte Avenue. You know, it was the biggest store that was on his route. And that particular store we would, we would go into because it would take Dad a long time to, to get the product and put it in place and do all of that. But on occasion, we would stay in the truck as dad went into the store. So you got all these little kids hanging out in his truck, and dad would say, boys, don't let your feet hit the pavement. 
And we'd be all over that truck, literally, climbing around, but we never let our feet hit the pavement. But whenever there was another truck that would drive up that was making deliveries, we would always just yell at We'd look really pitiful as if we hadn't eaten in days. And we would say to that guy who was making that delivery, hey, mister, you got any free samples? Hoping that they would give, man would give us some free samples. It did not matter what kind of truck it was. If it was a Coca-Cola truck, hey, it didn't matter if the Cokes were really hot and they spewed all over you when you opened them. Hey, mister, you got any free samples? One of our favorites were the bread trucks because they had the little cakes on them, you know. Hey, mister, the sunbeam man, you got any free samples? And it would really disappoint us if he would give us a loaf of bread rather than a cake, you know, a snack cake, you know. Do you have any free samples? We love doing that. One of our favorites was the little Debbie truck. Man, getting those free samples from that... You know, we would be so sad if we didn't get them. We loved getting free samples. It's not, and that, back during that time, we didn't get a whole lot of other things. Like, you know, it's, it was a treat for us to get a Coca-Cola or a, or a snack. There weren't fast food places back in those days. So if the guy gave us free samples, we were just like, this has made our day. And dad would come back to the truck. Where'd you boys get those? Oh, the bread man gave us free samples, you know? Yeah. And then dad would know the bread man and probably say something to him the next time. You know, it's like, gave your boys some free samples. We loved it. We love free samples. I loved them then. I still do now, except when I go to the mall and they want to give me perfume. I was like, no, you can keep that. All right. The interesting thing about free samples is this. They're paid for by the manufacturer, not necessarily by the store. And when the manufacturer, why do they offer these, this free food in, in places like Sam and, and Costco? Because really and truly, it increases their sales or else they wouldn't do it. And once you try something for free, under no obligation or pressure... You start realizing just how good it is, then people are going to buy that product. Free samples are a really great way to find out if something is good or not, if it has quality or not, or if it's satisfying or not. In the Bible, there is a there's a a, a verse of scripture in the Old Testament in the Psalm, Psalm. 34 verse 8 that really kind of gives this idea of a possibility of trying something to see if it was good in fact the bible says taste and see that the lord is good isn't that a great verse taste and see it's almost as if god is saying hey i've got this free sample for you come and check it out just try me Come and see how good I am. Come and decide for yourself if I'm satisfying or not. Don't take other people's word for it, which is, I think is a really uh, encouraging thing for us to, as, as believers and people who are checking out Christianity to discover you don't have to take other people's word for it. Come and check it out for yourself. I want you to experience me and my love for you. I want us to look at a story from the Gospel of John that says much about 
God's character of his love and his goodness, where Jesus also takes and kind of expands this scripture that we find in the psalm of the Old Testament, and he says, come and see, come and see. In fact, God, who is really, he's revealed perfectly in Jesus Christ. And we see that he is so loving, he's so good, he has such a magnetic personality that he draws people to himself, and when they are truly checking him out without any agenda, like a religious agenda, they want to be around him. They want to have more of him. Then God welcomes us and invites us, just like Jesus did, to, to come and see what he's like, kind of like a free sample. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to the first chapter of the book of John, we're going to look at verse 29 and on out through several more verses. And here's what the Bible says. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, we're talking about John the Baptist here. John looked and he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so the story begins with, with John the Baptist confirming what he knows to be true about Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel." Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven and a dove and as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me baptized with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. Let me ask you a question. I don't know if you caught this or not. But how do you think that John knew that Jesus was this Lamb of God, the one who was going to come and take away the sin of the world? How do you think he knew that? I mean, he makes this, this in bold declaration here. It's, he sees Jesus coming toward him. He's got this crowd of people that are all around him, and he says, look, the Lamb of God. How do you think he knows that? Well, the Scripture actually told us, if you called it, because God had told John this. He had revealed it to him. He had told him that there's one that's going to come, and, and what this really says to me is, is a big picture of that God communicated with John. God uh, tells him that this, he sends John to baptize, and he told him who Jesus was. And then he tells him how he confirms it through the baptism throughout history. And, and I want us to get this because it's still true today. God has always communicated with his people. He always has. We've seen it throughout the birth story of Jesus as we have just looked at over the past holiday, the Christmas holidays of how God was communicating through that story. We now see it through the life of, 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 uh, and the ministry of John the Baptist 
We've seen, if you go back in history in Old Testament times, God's communicating through such things as a, as a burning bush. He, he communicated through dreams and through angels and through prophets and certainly through Jesus. He's communicated throughout all of history. And God still communicates with mankind today. Have you ever talked with God about it? Has he ever led you to do something? You ever felt convicted? That's God convict, uh, uh, or communicating, and he loves to communicate. And how does he do it today? Through prayer, through Scripture, through brothers and sisters in Christ, through the leading of his Holy Spirit. That's how he speaks with us. God loves to communicate still today. May we never doubt this. And what did God communicate to John? The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize. This time, the baptism changes. John's baptizing with water, and now he says that the one that you see the Spirit come down on is going to baptize with something totally different. The baptism is going to be with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus comes, and He changes everything. He immerses us, literally baptizes us, in the presence of God Himself through how the Holy Spirit. That's, well, you just let that sink into your mind just a minute. Uh, we love bringing this baptistry up and celebrating when someone goes through the baptistry through water baptism, don't we? Yes, we do. We celebrate that. And I love the fact that when we do and we see someone baptizing, uh, who is baptized, we're not ashamed to, to applaud when that, person have, when, it has, when, when that person is baptized. We love that, don't we? It's a special time in the life of a person. I remember when I was baptized at eight years old. I didn't fully understand it, but I knew it was special. And I wanted to be baptized because I knew it was important. I didn't get saved when I got baptized. I got saved when I gave my heart to Christ. But baptism affirmed my decision, just like it does every time we baptize here. But I want to tell you that as special as it is to, to pull that big old baptistry out and fill it up with water, mostly warm most of the time, and, and baptize somebody, it is really a special time, but there's nothing more special than being baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's an incredible baptism. Because what that saying is, that God is infusing us with his presence in our lives. And one of the greatest implications of Jesus coming to join mankind is how it now grants us instant access to God. In the Old Testament, people had to go somewhere to a specific place to enter into God's presence might have been a tabernacle or the Ark of the Covenant or the temple in Jerusalem. But Jesus now, he, he turns all of that upside down. And, and it's not a specific place. His presence comes to be a part of us. 
and literally indwells in us. Jesus baptizes with his Holy Spirit and he he immerses us with the life-giving presence of God. Somehow we just kind of forget about that, I think. That God is constantly with me in my life with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You feel him right now? I sensed during some of the music as I was looking around that many of you were. Knowing that the Holy Spirit was here with us. Scripture goes on in, first John, in John chapter 1, verse 35, the next day. So all of this takes place one day, and then the next day, John's out there doing the thing that he was called to do. It says, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, one more time, look, the Lamb of God. When his two disciples heard him say this, They followed him. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. Now, did you catch the question that Jesus asked the disciples of John? Here Jesus is asking these two disciples of John, What do you want? It's a great question. What is it that you seek? It's similar to one of the four questions that I asked last week, if you were here, uh, to consider. That question of last week was, what one new thing do you want God to do? What's your desire of God? So even back then, they were questioning, what do you want? Jesus said, what is it that you want? What do you desire of me? And when he asked this question, I suspect that Jesus doesn't address these men with an attitude like, what do you want? I don't think he does that. I think uh, he might address those men like I address my grandsons when they are following me around and they, they want to follow me to the shop and they say, hey, Grandpa. It's something about when those boys say Grandpa, just like, yeah, it gets my attention. I don't turn to him and say, what do you want? Just try to scare him away. I don't want to do that to one of those guys. What I'm, when I turn to him and I say, what do you want? It's an attitude like, hey, I'm paying attention to you. I truly want to answer your questions. I want you to hang out with me. It's okay for you to to follow me around. I've got something in store for you if you just come hang out with me. And so when those grandsons ask me, you know, and Grandpa, when they say they, my name and I turn around and I say, what do you want? It it's, gives a, a great satisfaction to me as a grandfather to want, for them to want to be with me. And by the way... <clears throat> My kids may not think so, but it works with them as well, my grown kids, their, their parents. It's cool to hang out with my, my kids. It, well, it hasn't always been, but it is now. I, I like hanging out with them. 
Or when they call me and say, Dad, what are you doing? I, I like hearing that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Jesus doesn't be, seem to be annoyed that they want to follow him. That they're just, you know, he's just, he's going about his day and the disciples look at him and they just start following him and he turns and says, what do you want? He celebrates the fact that they're there. And they're inquisitive. And he says, what do you want? It's a question he asks frequently, at least a version of it. Remember, he asked one, do you want to get well? It was a question to a physically disabled man, you find later in John, actually. <clears throat> to two blind men, he says, what do you want me to do for you? He's my idea of how he's addressing each of these different situations is like a loving father. It's the same way that God responds to us. God wants to be a loving father to us, to talk to us like a loving father. And Jesus shows us really that God likes us to ask questions. And in our response, when we he says to us, what do you want? He wants our honesty and our answer, our sincerity. Do you think you can fool God? Ah, yeah, I, I know. The, the Sunday morning answer is, no, I can't fool God. <laughs> right? Some of you immediately said that. And why do we act like it sometimes? Why do we act like we kind of got all this stuff over here we're hiding and God says, what do you want? And we kind of just, well, we're not honest. He wants us to be sincere. I really want you to contemplate that question this morning, this, this question here. I mean, it's the second week in a row I've asked it in some way or another. Where God truly says to us, what do you want? And how would you answer that today? How, what would, if, if I, Richard Center asked me if I had notes for him today, you know, I was like, no, I don't have any notes, but if I had notes for you, um, and I left that, like, what do you want, and I put a blank underneath it, how would you fill it in? What would be there? You might say, well, I want to feel loved. Some of you want to say, well, I wish he'd preach a little shorter sermons. You ain't getting that. Oh, well, some of you might say, I want to be less busy. I want a better job. And I'd just like to have some rest. In men's breakfast yesterday, we were contemplating the question that Danny asked. You know, as you look back, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but as you look back on 2022, you know, 
talk about one thing that was it happened in 2022 or what are you looking forward to in 2023 you know I, I was amazed at how many people ha- answered that man I am so glad 2022 is over with because it's been such a hard year I, I get it I don't want another year like 2022 personally I mean I'm grateful for the things that I learned But like so many of you, it's like, God, I need something different this year. I want to feel your presence. I don't want all the hard times of this past year. Some of you might say, well, I sure would like for my, my marriage to be better. That's, that's what I want, God. I, can my marriage just be better? Or I, I'm just so nervous all the time. I just... I, I, I just, I, don't, I want to overcome this anxiety or I've got these fears that I, that I'm, I, I want to not be afraid. I, maybe you might say, well, I want to quit. I want to, what do you want? I want to, how would you fill in that blank? What do you want? You know what, I think God expects us to be very honest with him. I'm going to go out on a little limb here, so just hang with me just a second. But even if you're wanting something that's sinful, that's damaging, that's hurtful, that's selfish, and you're really desiring that, I think it's okay with God that you put that in that blank. I think God is more pleased with you being sincere about what you want, even if it's a struggle that you're trying to overcome, than if you're just trying to fool God. Because if you're, if, if you're pretending and you're not sincere about it, you're not fooling God, you're just fooling yourself. Even when you want something that's, sin, that's sinful... What you should do is acknowledge it and be honest with God about it and confess it. And God is really good at listening to those things and helping you work through it. God, I, I have this desire that is just consuming me and I know it's sinful and, and, my, and my being wants it, but I'm going to come to you and I'm going to admit it and I know it's wrong, so will you help me? So it's moving beyond that point of desire of those things that are sinful and hurtful to say, yeah, this is really who I am and I don't like it, so I'm wanting you to just speak into my life and, and help me overcome it. I say, Lord, I'm, I'm lonely, and I need a friend, so will you help me? I want to be in love. I want to have a meaningful relationship. I want to have joy in my marriage, because right now, it, 
I, let me just say it the way it sucks. And I want something better. I think it's quite all right to be very honest with God and say, I need you to speak into this. What is it that you want? Jesus asked these men then, and he still asks us today. And what's our response to him? To tell God the desires of your heart, and that's a good thing. How do I know these things? Because Jesus said so. You go to Matthew chapter 7. And you find the scripture in verse 9. It says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, did you get that? Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? There's proof. Jesus is saying that. You want to ask of God, it's quite all right. Because God, who loves you more than you could even love your own children, wants to give good gifts to those who ask him. Because God is good. He's a loving Father. And he loves and he cares for us. So in our prayer life, we should be honest with God and ask him for what we want. God loves to give us the desires of our heart. So why does he give me everything? I, I don't know the answer to that. That's up to God. Here's how, let's go back to the verses of John 1, verse 38. We're going to look at those again. Turning around, Jesus saw them follow him and ask what he want. And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? The response was to Jesus' question is, where are you staying? By this time, they were so curious about this man that John describes that he had been telling them about, preaching Discipline them about that they know it's him. They say, we, we just want to know more about you. We're curious. Where are you staying? And what was Jesus' response? He says, come and you will see. Come and you will see. It's an instructive response. And it teaches us much about the character and the nature of God. In this, he's saying, come and see, which is to say, you're welcome to join me. It's an invitation to come and, and, and just see how I do life. It's very open. It's saying that he is available, a kind, a loving, a hospitable response to the invitation to be a part to be in relationship with him Jesus invites them hey just come hang out with me and see how it is 
It's kind of a continuation of what we saw of the psalmist saying, taste and see what is good. And then Jesus comes on, he says, come and see. Come and check it out. You want to know what I am like? Come and see how good I am. Come and decide for yourself if I'm satisfying or not. Don't, don't, don't take John's word for it. You, his disciples, you, you just come on. You want to experience me and my love for you? Just come. Come and see. And they went. Verse 39 says, So they went and saw where he was staying. And watch this. They spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. They couldn't get enough of him. They wanted so much of him that they spent the entire day with him and something very special and meaningful happened they had such experience with Jesus that they 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 when they finally left about four o'clock they had to go tell others about him like man it was incredible this time that I had with Jesus this is certainly not the only time it happens throughout Scripture. Remember the, the Samaritan woman at the well? who She did this also. She met Jesus as she drew water from the well, and she has this conversation, and Jesus says to her, Hey, I, I know your struggle. You're thirsty, and I'm going to give you living water that, that, that's never going to run dry. And she had such a, a meaningful encounter with Jesus like she'd never had with any man before. And she began to understand God's love for her. So much so of his acceptance of her that she couldn't keep it to herself. And she goes back and she tells the, the whole town and everybody knows about it. And the whole town comes out to, to meet Jesus because the, her story became so incredible. It's amazing what God does when we encounter him. When we truly are willing to take a look at his self-giving, radically healing love, we can't help but tell others about it. You know, the problem is, though, in the church is we often complicate this whole, this whole process, this whole experience of telling others about Jesus. And we think, well, I've got to have certain biblical knowledge, and it's good to have that. Don't get me wrong. Or I've got to be, uh, I've got to be just, you know, exactly what God wants me to be and right where I need to be. Or, you know, I, I can't ever do like a, a, a pastor does and be in that place or a deacon or someone else, Sunday school teacher. I can't ever be as good as they are. So I don't, I don't share my story with others. Yesterday at men's breakfast, we had an incredible story shared with us. A man sitting right over here. 
It's such an incredible story. Men, men that were at breakfast yesterday, wasn't incredible to hear John share his testimony yesterday. You want to know how powerful it was? You should have been here. I told him afterwards, I said, we're going to videotape that, buddy, and I, we're going to show it to the entire church. Because it's incredible. And he was not ashamed of tell it yesterday. And forgive me, John, it, not all of it was pretty, was it? God has radically changed his life. Whenever you experience that, it's like, I'm not afraid to tell my story. I'm not afraid to say what God's done for me and how he's worked in my life. And, and John goes on, and, there are parts of it that he... He didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. And God was using men to help him uh, discover what it is that God wanted him to do. And he was resistant to that, but he finally gives in. And God led him to this church here. What's God done in your life? If all he has done it saved you from going to an eternity in hell. Man, you've got an incredible story to share. We often complicate it by, well, I'm just going to have that incredible testimony. You know what? How does God walk with you every day? What does he do for you every day? Here's another man sitting over here who just been through cancer and how God's walked with him. And I'll tell you, I'll bet you he would be willing to share his testimony too. Is that a yes? Not this minute. Not this minute. <laughs> it's incredible what he does. These men had such a profound encounter with him that they couldn't help themselves. They were deeply affected and they experienced incredible joy. And they didn't come away thinking, well, whew, man, now I got to go get my act together. I can't because I'm not good enough. Or I don't have it all together yet. I really would like to spend more time with him, but you know what? As soon as I get my act together, that's when I'll spend more time with him. No, that's not what, that's not the invitation of come and see that Jesus issues. And you know what? What else? When, when they left, they had to go tell some folks too. And you know what? In Scripture, it doesn't say, you know, man, we had this incredible day with Jesus Let's sit down and, and, and let's make a list of people that we think are worthy that we can invite to Jesus. Let's make a list of people that we won't be ashamed to bring if we ever get a chance to do that. They didn't do that. They didn't care. 
who knew about it. They had such a great experience with him that they just went and told. Whenever we have a good experience, don't we want to share that with others? Don't we? I mean, man, you have a good meal? Wow, you ought to go eat at that restaurant. Ah. You know, when the doctors did a great job of fixing our illness, don't we want to tell everybody about that good doctor we have? That good experience? That should also include the experience we have with Jesus. I think sometimes maybe we in the American church, we, we forget really how desperately people need Jesus and how Jesus really can solve their problems. People are drawn to truth. When people spend time with Jesus, they want more, not less. If you read through the Gospels, you'll see that people's primary reaction when they didn't have some other agenda, when they encountered Jesus, they they walked away with joy and peace. People are drawn to Jesus. John goes on to describe what happened in verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon. Do you see it? Here it is. And tell him, we found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you, watch this, Simon, you, son of John, he already knows him. You would be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Notice that this says that Andrew accepted the invitation to come and see. It had such a profound effect on him that he immediately goes and finds his brother Simon Peter. Once he finds him, he took Peter back to Jesus. That was the motivation he had because of his encounter with Christ. And when Jesus saw Peter, he didn't point out Peter's shortcomings. He didn't point out his failures. Instead, Jesus saw, watch this. Jesus looked at Peter, Simon, and he saw the person that Peter was going to become. Now, I don't know about you, but that says a lot to me. God can look at us and see our potential in spite of our failures or our sins or our 
shortcomings. Jesus looks at Peter. Now, don't you know that Jesus knew all the things that were going to happen with Peter to come? Don't you know that? And yet, here Jesus looks at him. He doesn't dwell on those things where Peter is going to fail and how often he's going to fail. He looks at him, he sees what he's going to become. Who Peter really was. When we spend time with, with Jesus in prayer and scripture reading and among the church, brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the outcomes is that we'll eventually be, we will discover who we really are. We discover our true identity in Christ, what our potential is and how God can use us, and how He's already been using and orchestrating things to get us to that point so that we can move to the next place of where He wants us to be. I think I've done a sermon here. It's called, one of the taglines in it was, when we know who we, whose we are, when we know whose we are, we will know who we are. When we know that we belong to Christ is when we really start discovering exactly who we are and who we can be as God works through our lives and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and help instruct us on how much better we can be. When we discover identity in Christ... That we can be so much more than we thought we could be without Him. That we could be at much more peace than we thought we could. And on and on it goes, really. We can experience more joy. We can experience more love than we ever thought. This is one of the ways that Jesus evangelized. He simply led people on a discovery process. First, they discovered who he was, the Messiah, the incarnate God, self-giving love that he has to share. And then he helps discover who they are, sons and daughters who are infinitely loved and valued by the Heavenly Father in heaven. That's who we are. The invitation was come and see. We're all on this journey, really, if we choose to follow. And when we discover what God is like, it should motivate us into a discovery of who we really are and what we can really be. I... Some of you all are really old. <laughs> you really are. I'm catching up with you. I don't care how old you are, but there's still more discovery of who you can be in, with God. Isn't that right? It's always true. Doesn't matter how young you are, 
or how old you are, there's still discovery of how God can use you and how we can be so much more of who God wants us to be. If you really want to discover the answer to that question that was asked of Jesus to those disciples, what do you want? The best place to start is come and see. Come and see. So, as we look at this question again, and I encourage you to take this question home and contemplate what do you want? Don't stop there. Continue with the invitation that Jesus says, come and see. Come do life with me. What do you want? Come and see. Would you pray with me, please? As we are just in this time, Father, of, of this question running around in our mind, what, that you ask of us, what, what do you want? And we heard Jesus give the invitation, come and see. As I stand here this morning, just thinking through the men yesterday who said, and I just want 2023 to be different from 2022. There's some reason there that they say that, that I say it. Or maybe there's something else that is looming out there that may be a good thing. As we've contemplated what 2323 looks like it's a burning question of this is what I want this is what I want for my life this is what I want for my family this is what I want for my church this is what I want for my country this is what I want God And you challenge us. Okay. And come do life with me. Come see what I have to offer. It's an invitation to surrender what it is that we want to you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've just been struggling with what it is. And I encourage you right now just to, to, to name it before God. Say, God, here it is. This is what I want. And I want to love you and I want to love Jesus. 
and I'm just going to trust you with it. Can you do it? Did you do it? Maybe you've never done life with Jesus at all. Maybe you've never trusted Him as your Savior and as you made Him the Lord of your life. Well, man, that today is your greatest need to be able to be in relationship with Him. Surrender. Whatever other need that you have, surrender. And a great place to do it is right here in this altar in prayer on your knees before God. Say, I give it to you. Sure, you can do it at your seat. And I'm not trying to coax you into doing something. I'm just saying, man, there's something about coming here in this altar and just leaving it with God and say, I might struggle with this, but God, I'm going to try my best to leave it with you right now today give your heart to Christ, whatever it is. And I encourage you as we stand and as we sing to do that right now. Would you stand? Would you sing? Take my life. Lead me, Lord. Take my life. Lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Take my life. Father, I pray somehow we'll take the words of this song mixed with the message 
we as your people would leave this place in a moment serious about what those words say. Make my life useful. Make my life impactful. Make my life make a difference. Use me, Lord, to tell others about how magnificent you are, about how you changed my life and you changed my destiny for eternity. And let us not be ashamed, but celebrate as those disciples did. that interaction that they had with Jesus that day and how it impacted the rest of their lives they in turn impacted others help us to follow that example as your people as your church and all the church says Amen you may be seated please This week, our uh, ladies started their ladies' Bible study, Armor of God, and um, I was talking with Lynn just before worship, and she said, you know, um, I still feel like there's some ladies that would love to join us for the study, and um, so if you're one of those ladies and you didn't jump in week number one, um, jump in week number two, and uh, she'll give you some information about how you can obtain that study booklet. And uh, men's Bible study, super excited about that. I've heard uh, several guys that are man, just excited. And, and just to jump in another study, this is a brand new study. And uh, you saw the, the uh, teaser on that last week. And so guys, encourage you, uh, maybe you're not, maybe you have never been a part of a men's Bible study before. This is a great one to start with. And uh, those of you that have been a part of that fellowship know how valuable it is in your life. And I know that you'll want to be here for that. Uh, super stoked. We had a, if I seem a little lucid this morning, I'm still recovering from a student lockout. Uh, but we had a really great time. And um, a good group of kids that, uh, man, just uh, had a blast. And, you know, I, those lockouts, that's really what this is. It's just us being able to um, model for these students um, what an abundant life looks like, that God hasn't called us just to a life of of mediocrity or, or mundane, average life. He wants it to be the very best. And, and that includes having a fun, good time. Uh, I believe God is, uh, wants us to have good times. So we definitely had a great time. So a little grace on your students this weekend as they recalibrate their sleep schedules and all that. We'd appreciate that. So, Hey, stand with me as we close in worship. It's good to have you here this morning. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this message, God. What a timely message. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together and just uh, as a body of believers, Lord, just to worship you together. Lord, those first two verses of that song are just, seem different. They hit me different than that last verse because Lord, they are asking you, teach me, Lord, lead me, Lord. But God, that third verse that says, send me, Lord, well, that requires a response on our part that we would be willing to go. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, as you send us out this week into the mission field, that God, 
we would understand the importance of that surrender, God, that, that, Lord, that we would go when you send us and you put us in situations, even this past weekend, Lord, the impressions our students made at the Waffle House and the cook, how he just said, uh, man, I don't know where you guys go to church, but I want to be at a church like that. God, let us leave an impression on that community everywhere we go. Not just our students, but our adults and our kids. We'll give you all the glory for that. We love you. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. Let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.